0: Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community.
1: Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall, that's Nick. You can find us at the HyperClean Specialist Group on Facebook, or if you're a TikToker, go hang out with us there at HyperClean Store. Best two ways to interact, the HyperClean Specialist Group, No doubt is having more and more fun. I love seeing the post, all the guys working out there, getting after it. Uh, I think one comment has been made, while there's so much other things that go on in groups outside of ours, which is cool, they can do what they want. One thing they know about the HyperClean Specialist group is those guys are in there working, they're cleaning cars, and they're having a great time. So it's cool.
2: Yeah, it's a great part of our group. You know, somebody posted it last week. You can't get a better... do you call it compliment then our group is professional fun you know no bs no no nonsense and and that that's a the way we want it right that's that's the people we attract that's the the people that are using our stuff and that's a credit to them everybody seems to keep things above board and even when we have little small things it gets handled pretty quick and that's uh it's the greatest compliment we've gotten about that group for sure
1: yeah it's been fun to see all right, buying or selling? What do you What do you got? You buying or selling? What you buying? I, I got to
2: bring this up. I'm I'm buying the fact. You know, we're getting a lot of rain out here for for the desert. You know, we had an inch fall within like 30 minutes. Uh, the the city about crumbled. I'm sure everybody's seen the casinos just you know underwater and it coming through the sports book because anything over a half an inch at a time out here, the city's not designed for it. So, where somebody you know in the Midwest hears an inch, I know where I grew up. If you hear an inch, it's like ah, it's an inch. Inch out here shuts the world down, dude. So,
1: like for us, if it's a if it is an inch of snow, inch of snow, there's no school. Like nothing yeah. can happen.
2: So, dude, if it's an inch out here, but the wildest thing, so I'm driving on the freeway yesterday, and I pocket of the city is getting drenched. Not every pocket, but this one pocket marty you should see people out here i mean rain starts hitting their windshield their car it is on a freeway two miles an hour you will see cars under underpasses parked like they don't even want to be rained on so i'm buying the fact look we live in a place in the desert where you know it's pretty pretty well documented we could use the rain but i'm selling people's reaction to it because we have two things that have hit driving with people here that didn't grow up with rain Not good. Secondly, the humidity it brings. That's all you hear about. Weather guy. You know what I'm talking about. You could be anywhere, and it's weather person. It's in my house. You know, everybody is talking about the weather. And there's nothing more boring than weather talk. But it's like in my life again, you know, where it's like, oh man, can you believe how humid it is? It's like, yeah, it just rained. Of course I can believe that it's humid. Now, this is called quote-unquote monsoon season, but that's really not that big a deal here. Uh, that's what they call it here. But, you know, since I've lived here, this is probably the wildest few weeks of, of weather we've had.
1: All right, So here's my notes. I'm selling the hot here guy. <laughs> that's what's so funny. That's why I, I was like, no, don't steal it. Like, stay uh, with the rain, stay with the rain. Uh, you started going humidity. I'm going, oh, don't steal it. Don't steal it. Uh, (laughs) so casinos underwater. I mean, I haven't been looking
2: like, well, like, you know, there's just parts of the strip, you know, so people that don't get it is like, it's just not built. You know, they don't think about an inch of rain at a time. So what happens is parking garage will flooded, will flood parts of the city will flood. And then the roofing and all the stuff you take for granted in these places that get rain. See, we get 50, 60, 70 mile an hour winds all the time out here. So our roofs aren't going to blow off like in some parts of the country, but if it starts to rain, man, it's not, it's coming through. So you just have buckets everywhere in casinos and casinos, just carpet destroyed. And it's, it's just because what's the purpose of engineering for something that hardly ever happens.
1: Right. It's just,
2: it's
1: just not the way the city's built. So uh, I know when uh, the, when there's traffic going on in Vegas, you just got to talk to Nick and know if there's traffic. Cause so I'm pretty sure I know the day that you're talking about then because I remember last week hearing some horns, hearing some F-bombs. <laughs> Dude, like yeah, I know when Nick's in traffic.
2: It's like, what, what is going, but you literally yesterday, man, I'm telling you. So I'm driving. It's clear. Then this one pocket of the city's getting rain and it's like, and everybody hits their brakes, Marty. And it's like, they don't realize how dangerous that is because everybody behind you is going 80 miles an hour. It's not raining where they're coming from, nuts, And so these people just don't, they don't know how to deal with it. And I'm certain that they come from somewhere else. Not everybody's born here. So I know they come, but once you get used to no weather, when the weather hits your windshield, people don't know what to do out here. It It is the wildest thing to experience. And, you know, again, if you just drove another mile, you're out of it. And that's the other thing they don't put. You got all these idiots sitting under the bridge. It's like, dude, it's you just drive like another few feet, and it's not raining. It's not raining everywhere like this idiot.
1: So yeah, I because it's funny because we were joking about it earlier. I mean, that's it's absolutely right. I mean, I, that the I'm selling, and I for me this week I had to figure out something I was going to sell because I buy like literally I'm a buy guy, right? I mean, you, you know that. Uh, I'm always buying. Let's buy. Come on. What's yeah. next? Let's buy. For, for
2: those who don't know, yes.
1: <laughs> what is this for? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, damn it, I gotta sell something. am like, you know what? And it's not just that we talked about how hot it is on the community pub recently, and everybody was coming, you know, not just that. Community pub is fun. Everybody gets on and says why their area is hotter. I get it. It's super fun to say that. I'm not doing it for the detail. It's hot guy. I'm doing it for the guy you, you, you know, maybe it's the UPS driver, or the random person that you run into, right? Always talk about the weather. It's cool. I love talking about the weather, but I do it a little different. When this guy's complaining about the heat and it's uh, so hot, I was like, man, good thing it ain't cold, you know? Or I'll run into him. He's like, oh, man, the weather. I'm like, yeah, man, you staying cool when it's 30 degrees out because it's winter? Or if it's in the summer, I'm like, yeah, man, you are staying warm. And they look at you and they're like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure beats 30 degrees. Remember in the winter? Like, why are you always complaining? So the same guy I've learned, the same guy that's going to complain about the summer heat is also going to complain about the winter cold. So I just love vice versa. So I'm selling the guy and I'm selling them on, Hey, it's yeah. Like a, it's, it's like, hot like a personality
2: no. trait. Yeah. Like it's almost like a personality for them. It's like, Oh, you know, uh, can you believe this weather? It's like, yeah dude. I've lived here i, I the shit's hot in the summer I mean <laughs> and i and then I just about?
1: go I should rather it
0: be hot than it be cold
2: oh dude I, this like, is the conversation I always have. I'm a summer person i gets. i I cannot stand other than going to Tahoe or somewhere like that to ski for a minute. I don't want to live in snow it's dirty it's cold i mean what what's fun about it? Nothing there's nothing fun unless you're skiing snowboarding, whatever. Okay? So, to me, wishing away the heat is just not my thing. Like, if it can be hot all the way to November, you know, those times in your life when it's like, oh, man, it's 70 in November. This is wild. Thanksgiving's not going to be great. I don't want it to be cold. Like, who wants it to be cold other than the guys that ski? I, it, just, it just isn't the same. I get it, football, all that, I'm in. But we can play football when it's hot. They do it in Florida all the time
0: all the time all right so i was working on this little volkswagen the other day uh volkswagen gti nice wow.
1: little beauty of a ride
0: a and hot wheel.
1: uh you know it's another now nostalgic moment for me but you have a friend that you grew up with that got a really badass car and they really tricked it out did a bunch of stuff my my friend Stuart, which i've shared the story he got a gti when when we were in high school He's a pilot now, so he's always been a thing of speed, right? It's always been his thing. I mean, they had so much stuff that his dad was an a oral surgeon in town. So, right, there you can just go. imagine. He got to do whatever he wanted to his GTI, and it was a lot of fun to go in, right? I mean, he would fly around people. It was a blast. Did you have – I mean, did you have a friend that you got to just – Yeah, we had, we had
2: a couple friends, but, I mean, look, I tricked out my Jeep. You know, I just – I mean, my dad's not an oral surgeon, and we didn't have that kind of money, but I just did it piece by piece. You know put wheels on it yeah i mean not every guy does that right or has the means to do that but yeah we had a couple guys where i come from is not much different than tulsa trucks
0: yeah you know jeeps exact,
2: yeah. you know shit like that i mean we we didn't really get into i guess a couple guys had some beat up bmws but they were those old 330i convertible crappy ones that everybody had that were pretty cheap on the market at the time. I mean, not that they were a bad car, they were just cheaper as they, you know, cause nobody wanted to pay to get them worked on and BMWs were looked at way differently back then, you know, than they are now. But yeah, I mean, we, we had friends, everybody did something that was a car guy for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, so <laughs> what about, what about the low
1: rider scene? That was a big thing for me in the nineties, right? Like I had an S 10, but I didn't have it lowered and I always that had people that they, wanted to yeah. come and, how you know hey man not get not it bad. lower like did I hear something recently did you catch this wind of this too like there's a little movement of the the low rider scene
2: coming back oh yeah dude low rider scene from i mean look west coast low rider scene never left uh midwest oklahoma
1: it left back in like early 2000s yeah yeah
2: no it's always out here i mean it's low rider i just saw one broken down on a freeway actually when i went home last week i mean low rider scene is big on the west coast Now, there's different types of lowrider scenes. There's guys that do lowrider trucks, and they're just on bags. They don't bounce up and down. Then you got the lowrider scene where they bounce out. You know, they got the hydraulics and all that kind of stuff. So the scene is a little different. But lowered trucks, I mean, that was a big scene when I was in in high school going into early college, S10s, Silverados, those types of things. We don't have those as much now.
1: No, but now there's that squat, right? They take a bigger truck and they squat the back end down. That seems like, isn't
2: that like a Florida-ish thing? Like, isn't that more of a, because out here, what it is, is uh, bro runners. They do the whole, they're going to go out to the desert. You know, they got the flares, but it's, look, man, it's so regional, right? You go down into like Houston and you look at that car scene. I mean, everything's on the table. Right. They they just live a whole different car scene in almost anywhere in the country. You yeah. know, same with Los Angeles. You go, I mean, you go, you can just find whatever it is you're into. It's wild.
1: All uh, right. So I'm working on the GTI, beautiful color, bright blue. And you know, the paints paint's not fun to work on, man. Like you know, uh, I, I, you and I were talking and you start complaining and bitching right along with me. Like what what makes Volkswagen paints so
0: difficult to work with?
2: It's always been finicky. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, sometimes, and you know, this is kind of what you're running into. You can get it opposite, right? You, you can polish it and go, man, this is fun to polish. This is really easy to polish. And you know, got some news on that front. We got a, you had a nice little, little run with some polish over there. So anyway, you can polish it and go, Hey, this is enjoyable. But then you go to cut the, put the coating on and the weather or the weather and the clear coat and at, you know, now you're doing smaller sections you've ever done before, or you can do large. What I've always found about the Volkswagen group that was interesting, because they basically own a zillion brands, is there's no consistency. You would think at this point, you're basically the biggest car owner in the world, Volkswagen group. Where's the consistency in your paint systems? I mean, when you go through their brands, they all are very different. And like you said, that GTI. You can get on it, cut it really easy. You're like, ah, oh, it's soft paint; shouldn't have an issue laying the coating. And then all of a sudden, the coating's an issue, or vice versa. Coating's no issue, but it was hard to finish out. It, it's just always been that type of paint ever since I can remember.
0: Hey, I don't work. I don't. I don't work on many
1: Volkswagens. I, there's really never been a whole lot that I've seen. I, maybe it's uh, a Tulsa doesn't sell a lot. I know our dealership has always been hell it's it's actually not not far from us here it's it's always been real small haven't really done a lot here in our market so it never has been a i don't you know i don't really remember ever working on too many of them i know the jetta's got popular for a while i actually one time wanted to go buy a jetta i was test driving and i uh, was thinking about doing a jetta but For the most part, we don't really see a whole lot of Volkswagens, I don't think, except for those, you know, those those wagons, they were kind of popular for a little bit. but Yeah, but
2: you see Audi, you guys see, you know, you've seen Bentley before, you've seen Porsche. I mean, that's all the same company. So, again, this is what I mean by it's weird that there's a lack of consistency. They own so many prestigious brands. You would think at this point it, it would be second nature to paint a car, but they always, I mean, look, I just worked on an Audi black Q8. It had oxidation with 400 miles on it on a level. Let me tell you, Corvette doesn't have that. Ford Bronco doesn't have that. Audi Black Q8, 400 miles. It looked like, Marty, it looked like this thing was two years old. I mean, it Black Flake, and it was gray, and it, it was wild. I told everybody that story on on it. As a group, Volkswagen group could do a lot better, no doubt about it.
1: All right, a uh, little face-to-face, pure update, customer feedback. You know, we'll talk about packages. You know, we have in the past, and
0: we'll kind of go through something here in a second. We get to the end, the guy picks it up, and he sees a little scuff mark on his bumper. Yeah. Oh, okay. Didn't didn't come out. No, you you didn't you didn't want to do anything other than just get the
1: the product put on and get it protected. You know, I got a little polish on there for you and polished it out, but. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get that handled, we can do that for you. But, you know, it's going to take some compound. He goes, oh, is that correction? Sure. It's going to take some correction. "Uh Uh-huh. But you just wanted the coating. Yeah, you're right. Okay, great. Happy as can be. He understood. He goes, you know what that's from? That's from my kid with his bike bumps into the car.
2: And that's got you know, to be this what, guy, about ninety five percent of them that you ever hear somebody so and so bumped in, kid bumped in, wife bumped in, son bumped in, right? Like that's pretty much what ninety percent.
1: Yeah, beautiful ride. He spent years ago, spent some money, came back in, spent some more money, got it recoated. He's been happy. Car's been in great shape. Just had a scuff mark. That's it. He's all good. It's so like I get it. Since outside, yeah. I got kids.
0: Yeah,
2: not
1: the detailer's no. fault it's not the detailer's fault, right? No,
2: and we can take care of it. You know what I mean? Like we can all take care of it. It, it, It's no problem at all. We can, we can definitely take care of it for you. It's just an added cost. You know, we had, it may have been in the specialist group uh, where somebody talked about, you know, how thoroughly you inspect your vehicle and go over things with your customer before starting a job. You know, what kind of forms do you use? What kind of conversations do you have what kind of inspections do you do and that's look man if you're going to be of any size we go through a pretty hefty inspection and everybody's on the same page and you know if you're doing a lot of work it's a necessity if you're a one man operation it's maybe a less of a necessity right like but if you're good on your feet and you can explain to people when they ask you a question you can tell them the truth in a in a very professional way largely i haven't found much issue in
0: my career yeah just wasn't in the package you wanted, but we could have done it. No yeah. problem. Look, I'll do anything for a price. So, yeah, I mean,
1: I was you willing want this to car repainted. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Do you, you, you want to just leave it here and let me get it taken care of for you? No, no, it's okay. All right. Yeah. Good to go. Yep. And he doesn't have to worry about his neighbor coming in the garage and seeing the scuff.
2: Well, don't tell that to some people, dude. That's <laughs> you, know, you might get a lot of people on the internet disagreeing with you because they got neighbors with. You know, spotlights and paint correction lights. I mean, I, I mean those paint correction light people must be killing it with as many lights as people think are out there.
1: Because not only the owner, but the owner's customers. I mean, the owner's yeah. neighbor even
2: has it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't want them seeing it. Don't want them seeing it. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: so I'm I'm going around this vehicle, and you know, we're we're launching today. Super fun. The Merlex sprayers, incredible, incredible sprayers. We want to talk about quality. You really don't find anything of of higher quality they know they, they really are incredible um let's go over because i i used them on the on on that car plus the other ones it's just we're talking about the gti so i've i got some stuff that i was thinking through i was working on the gti well let's go over a couple of the models that we have the 2000 and the 3000 the thousand's got the black uh top it is a non-foamer it's a traditional pump um i like i think both of them which i think is super cool where they have the little vent on the side little push button vent that is handy but for mostly on that 2000 model on the black we call it the black sprayer the one feature that you and i found to be the most useful right because if we're going to carry these first of all we wanted to have something that wasn't just a listen we've all had as foamers have gotten more popular we've all had those little pump up janky ones that you could buy like virtually yep. almost at the dollar store or harbor freight you might have gotten them off of you know a website but they're virtually the same you know they just don't last they don't really produce you know great no. quality of stream what we definitely found from the black mirror lex the 2000 model when you adjust that nozzle i mean you can hone in whatever you want and that angle that i found to make a cone for using as a rinseless Waterless setup, yep. Uh, I I called you right. This wasn't even on the GTI. This is on a one. I was like, dude, that spray pattern's incredible.
2: Yep. And look, we're one of I think four or five companies that have access uh, to these sprayers, uh, so they're not available everywhere. And you got to be associated with quality. And trust me, there's a lot of people that want to get involved in these sprayers from Aerolex, and they're not allowed. So it is a big deal for us to have these sprayers because this is a quality based company. They're not going to do business with everybody. They reject a ton of people. They didn't reject us. Uh, so that gives our community of people, so to speak,
0: hey, community
2: uh, access to high quality stuff and Merilex is, is no different. And the great thing about the, the black sprayer, the two thousand is like you said, it basically takes rinseless and waterless to a level I've really never experienced. You know, most of the time I tell people, hey, using a little trigger is no big deal. I don't care, whatever. This is the next level, right? This is, if you are really committed to rinseless and waterless washing, you got to get one of these. This, this is, this is now one of those things that you got to have and you got to have in a way that just isn't available with any other type of sprayer.
1: So let's go over rinseless waterless. Why? Because why would somebody want to use it versus a traditional sprayer? The ease of, first of all, mixing up the solution, how you do it, whether people, some people will mix up a solution in the big bucket, the rinseless bucket, and then they'll make up their own sprayer solution. Sometimes yeah. people will just spray straight out of Eco one sprayer. Walk us through what would be your suggestion then? How do we incorporate this to make our process better uh, yeah. if we're doing a rinseless waterless?
2: So the whole key to rinseless and waterless is lubrication, right? I know people use the word encapsulation encapsula- and this and that, and we're going to encapsulate the dirt. And we're going to do the The name of the game when you're touching your paint is lubrication, period, end of story. Anybody tells you different is just making up a word. That's That's what we're trying to do. So I've never really used just rinseless or just waterless. I've always used a combination of the two because it just makes perfect sense to me. What makes perfect sense to me is get something on the surface. If it does encapsulate, and that's what people believe, then there's actually a reason to get it on the surface, right? Not use just a rinseless solution. And look, I came from the O&R world, and there was always a hole in the O&R world, which was, to me, they really advocated rinseless. and it doesn't have time to encapsulate the dirt if it's on the towel. So I've always been a proponent of doing both. The next thing is I, in my Marilex, it would be damn near straight. Eco one, you know, if you want to cut it 50, 50 fine. But for me, it's straight out of eco one. I mean, I want it to be as concentrated as possible and people can talk about cost and this and that. I get it. Cut it to your liking. But my feeling is I want a ton of lubrication on the the surface. And when you use the Marilex sprayer, the one thing you're going to get is your product's going to go so far because you're not going to be wasting any of it. When you see how the sprayer operates, there's going to be no waste. You're not going to be spraying it on the surface and have it, you know, bounce off the pain or I mean, it's it comes down like gentle rain almost.
1: Or you don't get that spray pattern where it's too direct. I mean, it it is that cone shape and it's just that free flowing. And as your hand moves around,
2: none of it's wasted. Yeah. So, but you know, it's a lot of people's opinion. You could take it right out of your rinseless bucket and put it into the Marilex sprayer. That works fine. I'm just telling people what I do. I am a big proponent of, let me get the concentrate concentration on the surface. And then let me use this, this rinseless bucket where I basically put an, two ounces to every gallon is how I like it. But an ounce to a gallon is perfectly fine. Again, I'm just going to play the over safe game. It's so affordable to wash your car. Why am I going to cut a corner? Why am I going to barely get by? But I get it. Some people want to do that. So use an ounce to a gallon. Okay. But a true waterless and rinseless system should be together, not separate. That's always been my argument.
1: Yeah, and I was forever, and when everybody was pushing hard, and you you mentioned a a brand that really did a great job, you know, kind of pushing their way into the rinseless movement. Before that, though, I was using waterless, I mean, since 2008. I've always done waterless. I've never understood the concept of rinseless. Until we came out with Eco One and you and I really worked on what we were gonna suggest, how we were gonna work on you know using it as a rinseless, waterless combined. And you're absolutely right. I mean, I've always used a waterless system where I spray the paint first. I I'm like you, I never could understand how somebody would just grab a mitt, I'm sorry, a, a block sponge out of some liquid and just go to wash a car. Like it that blew my mind. So I'm with no, you. And I, and, I,
2: and I watched it mar cars, mar and, and, and people can say, well, you didn't do it. Come on, man. We all did it right. All right. I get some people are sloppy with it. We did it right. We did how we were told. And I watched it and I'm like, you know, this isn't working how they say. And it's nothing against anybody. It's just, we got to use common sense. The more lubrication I can get on the surface. If I have double the lubrication of you do on, on a paint surface, I got less chance of marring than you do. Right. Like, that's just, that's just a fact. And so that's why I don't, you know, people get really bent out of shape when you don't have these defined, you got to use it this way. So for those that want it defined, here's exactly what I do. Full strength eco one in the Marilex sprayer. If you want to cut it 50, 50, or if you want to use it out of your rinseless bucket, be my guest. This is what I do. There is enough lubrication in it to use it in all the traditional ways. I'm just giving you that next level. So I'm going to use it straight, and then I'm going to use it two ounces in my bucket, Versatiles in there, and I may have six or seven Versatiles in there, depending on the size of the car, and I'm going to use all eight sides, and I'm going to be very, very thorough in what I do, and you're going to get an excellent result. That Marilex sprayer will make your solution go so far. Don't look at the cost of filling it up. You may have that solution for waterless for guys that don't do a ton of cars, Marty. If you have the rinseless bucket and you're just spraying that Marilex is going to make it go so far. It's going to be a cost saver all the way around. And you're going to have all the lubrication in the world there. You're not going to be just barely getting by.
1: And I'll always say (laughs) lubrication, right? We're going to love it. It's always lubrication's key, right? Yeah. Lubrication's key. I still will always go back to the comment that I had a customer make when I took over an, a, a, a house account that we cleaned two or three cars, which we still do. Um, and they had commented that the previous company used traditional methods, and they could see a difference in their car not not being as marred up. He didn't use the word mar. He just goes, it, it looks better, and it's less of that, yeah, I don't know, there's stuff on the yeah. paint, right? Like, he didn't know what he was He didn't know the words. He didn't know the lingo. He didn't know how to say he could just tell that the paint looked better because of using the waterless system, the way we were doing it versus. And and you know,
2: one of the weird things are, you know, is figuring out how to scale waterless and rinseless because if you get a banged up car, you know, that's why we've never advocated that people get rid of a pressure washer. You know, water is the greatest cleaner that we have. So people get a little bit out of shape and go a little too far and say, you know, well, you could be wrenchless and waterless on everything. Hey, you got some trucks that you've seen walk yourself through. I mean, you'd use 150 towels. I mean, there comes a point in time where a pressure washer it, it, it's got its place, but for you guys to take care of your own cars, your wife's car, your kids' cars, you know, you got a fleet at your house. You got, uh, you know, you're, you're running a business where now you got a bunch of clients on maintenance. This Marilox sprayer makes it so you probably can get away with a lot more. I know we're going to get away with a lot more in my business than we ever have before because they hold a lot of, first of all, they hold a lot. Now, mind you, everybody should know, I go, we use tent kegs. So, you know, we've always used tent kegs and we fill them up. And, but now it's like, Marty, you think you could get 10 cars?
0: I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: When you said that earlier, I didn't say, but yeah, I, I would think about 10 cars. You can get 10 cars. Easily. Yeah,
2: 10 cars out of this one sprayer. Now, mind yeah. you, if you used it full strength or you choose to go 50-50 or you choose to get it out of your rinseless bucket, that's up to you. But think about 10 cars out of one sprayer.
1: Yeah, because I'm not, when I'm going over, I don't have to sit there squeezing the trigger so much to make sure that I got it. It puts out such a great pattern. It's so I easy. I just move quick.
0: I mean, it, yeah, it's, it is so fast. Yeah, so, so fast.
2: Yeah. So that makes it worth it. And, and again, we tested them all, right? I mean, we,
1: yeah, here's you know, to me, here's the best benefit though of the black one is, is incredible. You should, I, I mean, I, I'm going to say you definitely get at least two one in that rinseless setup, up rinseless, waterless, but two putting fuego in. So that's what I did the other day on the, I, and I started going through, okay, if we're going to do a package that's, we talked about prices the other day, packages, let's say somewhere we're less, we're 500, let's just give a $500 package, right? I need to save as much time as I can as I go around that car to be as efficient as I can because I'm not getting 1,500, okay? Yeah. I need to actually get multiple cars done in a day. And it's very viable. Here's what I love about that 2000 model with the black on it is also down at the bottom. It's got that little weight. Yep. So I can take Fuego. How many people, when they go to spray a wheel cleaner, Fuego, up into that rim, struggle yep. spraying that top, the sides, and Especially if you've already been cleaning a little bit and your bottle isn't 100% full. This has this little weight on it so wherever you're moving it whichever direction yeah. it's free flowing the whole time. And I was able to go into these rims and hit them so fast, that even today he talked about, you know, I really need to take these rims. He didn't even look at them. He just goes, I need to take these rims off, you know, to really get the inside barrel cleaned. And I go, yeah, man, don't worry about it. I already did it with Fuego. And I mean, the videos I have, I mean, the amount of crap that's flowing out of the barrel these rims is insane. So I just quickly was able to go in, spray some Fuego in and then go down the paint and spray Fuego down the paint so I could start my iron decon. And I had my decon done if I if I spent five minutes on that, that would have been pushing it. I think I was a, a like two minutes per side.
0: Yeah. All the way and
1: back it, inside, maybe five minutes. And on my so, decon is is yeah. been completely applied.
2: And so everybody knows with any sprayer when you use something like Fuego, you can't leave it in there overnight. Yeah yeah it'll it you know look it'll start to eat away i mean it's a strong cleaner you know so you need to make sure if you use fuego in the black one that's a great idea get it out of there right yeah like, yeah, yeah yeah good point good point. you know yeah. because we'll be getting the phone calls people will be like uh, something ha-. It's like well what happened i've had fuego in there for six months it's like well no that's not it's not what you do you get it in there and again it's a great it's a great time saver see my my brain went to things like uh that's a great one but you know let's say you're somebody that that uses clay lube you know and you can keep your clay lube in one of those sprayers and you got your 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 clay mitt from us and you're just you know anything that takes a lot of spraying that you can transfer into a more efficient way that is ergonomic that's the thing about those oh, they're yeah,
0: they're not
2: they're not cheap so when you hold it it's like the plastic feels different. The handle feels different. The pump feels different. That's why we brought you know, look, we're not in the pump sprayer business. No. You know, just so everybody knows. It's sort of like the conversation we had about our towels. If you're not going to do towels right, there's no reason for a chemical company to bring them on. That's kind of our our thought process. And the same goes with these sprayers. Everything else was so cheap that it was like, hey, man, we we don't really need to be in the sprayer business. And then we got these, which we didn't think we'd get because again, so few people are allowed to carry them. And then they see what we're doing. They like us. They see what we're all about. And it's like, yeah, this is a good fit. And so here we are.
1: Great fit.
0: The next one is the 3000, the foamer.
2: Oh, dudes love this thing. I mean, I've had a lot of fun with it. I'll tell you, you know, I shot a video for you, you know, on an SUV that got, you know, through some mud. You put TRX in it, and that's the magic. The magic is TRX because now if you use your plan, you can go Fuego and TRX. Dude, and quit Fomer. stealing
1: my thunder, man.
2: Yeah. I mean, quit it's stealing
1: it. There T- you see T-R- the puzzle pieces. Yeah. Nicely done. Nicely yeah, done. T-
2: TRX along the bottom, you know, of your car uh walking, you know. So what we do with these in in my business is simple. Spray the first tire, uh spray the undercarriage as soon as you're walking to the other one, everything that's low to the ground you hit with the foamer all the while if you need to keep pumping, you hit the next one, undercarriage, all underneath the back bumper. It, it
1: and looked, you can man, start seeing how quick this happens, right? Like yeah. what used to take 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. Literally both You could add, you're absolutely right, right? That's exactly what I did. So the video that we just put out, will show uh, TRX in the foamer. I have one loaded up where you sent me, you're using the 2000 as a rinse list. That's gonna be a video for people to go watch on TikTok uh, and see how you use these tools to better your car life, to better your car care experience. It's really about how efficient, how fast, you can begin to use the products that God used it. And literally you say 15 minutes, 15, go, easy, easy, yeah. 15 minutes save.
2: Yeah. It, it's, it's just one of those wild things, right? You come across stuff every now and then go back to the foam cannon when it came out, you know, and we started getting access to those years ago. There's just things that change and evolve. And I think for, for our people, having access to Marilex is is now going to be one of those moments you go man how did i do waterless and rinseless without this thing you know how did i sit there and pump trx like i did and again it's not something you got to buy tomorrow you know these aren't going to be you got to go get it right this second you know if you got to save up and and you're you know you want to use one of the cheap ones don't buy the cheap one just save up a little more and buy the good one there is such a difference That's what this is about, is you should get three or four times the length of use, a more enjoyable use, and the quality is second to none. There is no better in the world.
1: It's not just the quality of the sprayers and everything involved, but it's also the quality of, we've all used those, well, maybe you haven't. I have used some of those that I go to sit down and they break or they crack, or we hear horror stories of, I spent all this and then they cracked. Like, this isn't that. At all, yeah. And,
2: and yeah, I'm I'm actually proud to carry these. You know, for a brand, look, yeah. we don't own them. You know, we're yeah. just we're just a partner with them. And There's
1: few things we'll ever put on our side <laughs> with somebody else's name on it.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is actually a conversation internally. We'll share. Like, we're really big about we're not going to put anything from anybody else on our site under their brand, and this is one that made the cut. No. So we we're not in the business of and we're not about to make sprayers. So we needed to find a solution. And need is probably the wrong word. We'd love to find a solution. And now we did. And no. it took time. You know, it took effort. Do we want to do this? We went back and forth. Oh, I say and-
1: need. I say need because of exactly what we just found out. I mean, if we're going to push people. And as we have over the past years of getting into more maintenance, getting into, and this is, listen, I saw this uh, post the other day and I, I was, I was clap and I got, inside, I'm sitting on the couch, like clapping, like ecstatic. This guy did a little reel of coming into this neighborhood and he said, I'm taking over the neighborhood with maintenance. And literally, house by house by house, he had all these maintenance customers lined up. Like, so yeah, I mean, if people are going to, which you and I have suggested, and it's counter to the way most of other companies have suggested, right? So we have believed in maintenance. If you're going to be a maintenance person, it's all about efficiency and it's about speeding up your process. And or if you're a weekender guy and you just you don't want to be spending those hours, you want to get on to the next car so you can get more. What if you got another car per Saturday in because you were using the? I, I really think or, you
0: yeah. could.
2: Or what? Take, take the business out of it. What if you're just somebody that wants a more enjoyable experience? Of hey, I'm headed to a car show. And I want to do waterless and rinseless early in the morning, and I I need to make it as fast as possible, right? I mean, there's a million ways. And and look, I know we're not the first to introduce these. I know other people sell them, but there's just not many. These are a very limited supply, and and they're very... Look, it's about as much fun as I've had doing rinseless and waterless since I started doing rinseless and waterless. So. I think that says something. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that I have them and, and, you know, would recommend them to anybody.
1: Me too. It's, a, it's interesting. Cause we're going to talk about a certain word and it's a word that we've, we've had discussions over the past. Um, it's, it's the V word, not the V that everybody always thinks about, but it is a very word that, uh, you know, I had a discussion with my mom about it the other day in a, in a Let me go outside of car care uh, products into car care. And what's the value of having somebody change your oil? What's the value of having somebody take care of your car? What's the value
0: of, well, having to almost every Saturday, go out and work on your car. Um, Some people enjoy it. For my dad,
1: I don't remember many days. Now, this is what's funny. Internally, I think you and I joke around about a lot, and we're starting to realize as you get into a little bit older of a man, there's some reasons to just go out to the garage and tinker around, right? There's some of this that I'm going, dad was in the garage a lot growing up. I'm like, huh. but one of the things I remember him always doing and it was great when he finally got some stands that he could put the the cars onto and different stuff. But I, I tell you, I mean, he was changing oil. It seemed like every other weekend, right? Like, I mean, he was always changing the oil and that's one thing that I never really wanted to do. I always, I just did not want to spend, I did it a couple of times as a mobile detailer when I just didn't have a lot of money. And I, I said, okay, that's one thing I really don't really want to waste my time ever again on. Yeah. I. There's a value for me of having somebody do it for me instead of taking the time on a Saturday to do it. And you find certain places that you just like to do business with, right? Like it's just easy. There's a place that I found that I really enjoyed. And here's the catch part of value, right? Value has its different heads and it pops up. One value is when they offer you these different things, you always get the same stuff. I always take care of my car. I always get my car back in when it needs to be done. I'm just—I've always wanted to do that. My oil's normally clean. It's not about having dirty oil to go get the oil change. Sometimes it—it does, but most part, I'm—I'm pretty regular and my oil's always clean. And I see the guy pull out his stick, my stick, his stick.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that went weird.
1: And uh, and he's sitting there holding it and he's
0: looking at it. And then he calls the manager over and he's like, but the manager's like, no, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. It was the value at that point in time. I went, yeah, I know my,
1: okay, it's clean. It doesn't really necessarily need it. But then he still wanted to try and sell me these other packages, right? Value has such a weird definition. Yeah. We think of value as the value package. Oh, yeah. It's usually that one down at the bottom. Yeah. But my value, is it really that my time, what these people are going to be doing as a service for me, and then that they'll be doing the right thing. Value is yeah. also doing the right thing. If my yeah. oil was clean, should he have sent me on my way? I don't know. I mean, the business is a business. Doesn't want to lose a customer. It's a, it's a, it's a big question. Yeah. But value is such an interesting word.
2: Yeah, and it's largely misunderstood, right? Like you said, value is, is attached to cheap. That's what we hear, right? That's just the American culture. You hear the word value menu. Uh, you think <laughs> of you know something on, costs a go. dollar. Yeah, something <laughs> costs a buck or, you know, a buck 50 or whatever. And, you know, so then as business owners and, and detailers and, Car care people, one of the things that happens is we misconstrue what value means and what a valuable client is, and vice versa. And so we have this conversation about value, and largely the wrong people are out there discussing value and telling you that value is this negative thing. When actually, if you figure out how to bring value, you'll never ever look for a job, a customer, or anything ever again. So value is extremely positive if you understand it. What I feel like how value is talked about, largely our whole industry struggles to talk about it. You and I hear conversations about bringing value. How do you bring value? You know, get your skill set. You don't really bring a bunch of value with your skill set. I mean,
1: that is, yeah, right? That is interesting you bring that up because that does seem to be the way that there's a mass majority of people that want to tell you the way that you'll bring value to your customer is by coming to, and it, listen, this isn't us harping on training yeah, again. Who it's just,
2: cares? yeah, that's we, what people say. Come learn this. If you come, come learn, and learn this, this that, that's how I bring value to my clients. Yeah. If you go to this trade show, it'll provide value to your clients. No, it won't. That's just a silly thing. So let me walk people through a scenario of what real value is now 12 years into my business. So this morning we have, a customer who has an issue with her Range Rover. She wanted us to try to fix it. I told her it was kind of beyond repair by us. She goes, Hey, just give it a shot. Fine. Can't be fixed. We did everything. It's got to go to the body shop. I give it my best, but this is just beyond what we do here. She goes, great. So what did I do? I scheduled the appointment for her to her body shop liking. I got two or three that I work with, took it in for her this morning informed her that it had been dropped off, informed her that I'll handle everything from here. We'll go check the work. We'll make sure everything's good to go. It'll come to our shop if it needs any love, but I'll keep you in the loop. I didn't uh, polish anything. I didn't put a coating on anything. I didn't do anything other than bring extreme value. And for anybody that's ever had to call their customer and tell them that you're on the way to the body shop, it's usually a pretty negative com- conversation. This conversation was, wow, I can't thank you enough. Thanks for making this easy on me. Just tell me what I got to do. Click. Like, this is what I mean by misunderstanding value. My value today is not my polisher, it's not my skill set. My value is everything we do is designed to make life easy on my customers. And everyone gets charged along the way. My time isn't free, nothing is done at a discount. But, and not everybody has a B next to their name in my business and net worth. Not everybody's a billionaire. Okay. This is just a normal upper middle-class woman that works really hard, but her time is really valuable. And she wants to know her car is handled properly. So at every turn we can provide value. And that's where everybody doesn't understand because, you know, you even hear it on the community pub. We have a joke all the time. You know, we got certain people on there. They're, they're just, they're always experts. And they think they know what value means, but they don't do any of this stuff that attracts top-level talent because all they think about is, oh, it's how I lay the PPF, it's how I put the coding on, it's this. It's like, man, that's just a minor part of providing value.
0: Hmm. So if we're if we're thinking we want to provide value for a customer, or we're a customer that
1: wants to use a service. What are some things that we should look for that would be valuable?
2: Well, if you're a business owner, the first thing you should be looking for is to solve a problem. Okay, so I'll give you mine. Do you like going to the DMV? No, <laughs> not a human being on the planet likes to go on the DMV. You know how many dude, customers I was going to have- tell
1: you, that's it's on my <laughs> list, dude. It's yeah. literally number five. We
2: We got power of attorney to be able to go to the DMV and register damn near every vehicle we take care of. Now, does that mean we do it every time? No, there's customers that haven't registered their vehicle in 10 years, and we've always handled it. What about scheduling maintenance? If you have multiple cars or your kids driving around and and we as detailers see the light come on, the maintenance light comes on. We make sure we go through our checks. We got a little scan system that we use, scan tool. Hey, this needs to get in. We schedule it. you like taking your car to the mechanic? No. The way you provide value, the way Apple provides value to you and I as consumers is to make our life easier. What we as detailers get taught and this is just something that shouldn't be is that everything is based on us detailing someone's car. No, it's also making them understand what we're doing. It's also making them feel comfortable about what we're doing. It also makes sure they understand when they were done. Like you said, Hey, you got this scrape here, man. This isn't, this isn't what you paid for, but I want to make sure you knew about it. And I know you saw it and it's all of these things. So really your skill set. Now, this long end of my career is about 10 to 15% of what I do as a company as a whole, even my detailers. It's everything else. It's the total experience. It's it's making their life easier. And I think that's what everybody I'm sure you're gonna hear this on a lot of platforms now, but that's what everybody has not talked about in our industry from a whole. Who's told you that they do those types of things? Nobody.
1: I mean. I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and go, it's because they haven't really done much detailing for a living.
2: Yeah. I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> I mean, when you're on, look, there's levels to this. I mean, we just got to say that out loud. Like, come on, man. There's people that made it through the recession in 08, and there's people that didn't, right? Like, let's just all be very frank about that. And nobody wants to bang on anybody, but come on, there's levels. And that's what I want guys to hear is like, dude, there are people out there that really value their time. And if they value their time, they're going to pay you to do stuff. So you and I talked about this. Here's an interesting thing let's take it out of car care and say, hey, man, nobody loves cleaning their house. Okay. You got a family. You're single. It doesn't matter what point in your life, very few people love cleaning their house. Let's go right?
1: back to that dog hair talk.
2: <laughs> yeah, dog hair. Right. Nobody dog loves dog cleaning hair. the house. So what most people think is that your skill set as a as, as a housekeeper is what is going to get you hired. No, the first thought when you want to hire a housekeeper is, I'm tired of cleaning my house. It's not. I need somebody better at it than me. Your first thought is, I'm tired of doing it.
1: Yes. So years ago, I tried to clean my own house, right? Post-divorce, single, bachelor, trying to grow a business, trying to see his kids. Yeah, it really, you're right. I never questioned if I hired a housekeeper that they would clean my house better than me.
2: Right. And your first thought is, I'm tired of doing it. That's the most important part of it. Yeah, Yeah, I can't keep up with it. Yeah, this is the most important part of the conversation is, so we have a pool, we have uh, landscaping, and we have a house. If you take those three things, that every person struggles with that somewhat, right? If you look at your home, somebody may have a pool or may not, whatever. But if you have a home, you struggle with keeping it clean, keeping your landscape or your yard up. Keeping your pool clean. Okay, those are the three things that invade my life. I, I don't want to do them. But the first thing is isn't whether my guy can clean the pool or not. It's I don't want to do it. We need to hire somebody. So it tells you in the in the hierarchy of what's most important as a consumer is. I don't want to do this anymore. It is not somebody's skill set. Because anybody saying that that's not how they think about it, you're lying to yourself because you want to be right about skill set. Skill set is down the list of when you're hiring somebody, you're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. That is the number one reason detailers get hired, because somebody doesn't want to clean their own car. They don't want to detail it, but they want to ride around in a detailed car. So... To put skill set up on this pedestal when even to the customer, it's not the first thing they think about, doesn't make a whole bunch of sense in the value proposition. Now it's how do we pick up the phone? We landed a car collection. You know, I, I discussed this on Saturday, all because I knew about cars. This dude didn't even ask me a detailing question the whole time. So you would have lost a car collection opportunity because you don't have the level of knowledge that I have about cars, because that's the only thing that sold him. He never talked about if I was great at polish and paint. If I knew what I was doing with PPF, he just knew I could do PPF and I could do film and I could do coatings. That's all he knew, knew nothing about my qualifications, knew nothing about my training. All he knew was he connected with me because we sat there and shot the shit about cars. And now he knew I was on his level the value proposition with that guy who's got, I mean, a a four GT carbon, which very few people were even able to qualify to get tells you exactly what matters on big boy level. Isn't whether you can polish paint. Is it, do you make that person feel comfortable that you know what you're talking about, whatever it is they're talking about, you better be able to have the conversation Skill set just was way down the list. And to this moment, Bunch of text, bunch of calls back and forth. My qualifications have not come up of detailing cars. Think about that. That's the value proposition that nobody talks about. How often do you get to talk about your skills with a customer? Very rarely.
1: Well, the greatest opportunities I had as a mobile detailer, which we've shared about, is if I could show up, if I could do the work, if I could be there when they wanted, and if they didn't have to ride around in a dirty car. Like it is crazy how I mean the value the value of handling something for somebody else,
0: and but you know the next part of that Nick is you gotta well where does value it's
1: always which I said there's a value price a value package so where does providing value generally if I'm going to do that I'm going to say hey I'm providing you a great value but if my price is too high they might so where do we weigh in that because right that's the question that everybody still always asks we've had episodes about it but yep let's 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 dive into it for a half second before we finish out i've got to i've got to create a value proposition for somebody but at the same time uh how do i weigh what they're going to pay in price
2: your price you know, should d- be your price if your if your price is is in the realm of reality like it has some basis in the world. You're not trying to make 5 grand an hour to to do a polish on a car. You're really not going to have a conversation that's that out of whack about price. That doesn't mean somebody's not going to give you pushback. You know, we got pushback recently on a on a PPF job and we stood our ground. This is what it costs, this is why it costs. So again, the value proposition is not to lower your price or to look at uh putting a ceiling on yourself. It's just to make sure that when somebody talks to you about price or asks about price, You can discuss it with them. This is what we're going to be doing to your car. This is what goes into it. You know, when you start to really tell people what goes into polishing a car, if you know how to do it well, nobody ever thinks you're overcharging.
0: Okay,
1: so how far do we go in that description, right? Because some people, I feel like they would just start blabbering on about, you know, well, I've got to do this extensive, you know, and they'll use the big detailing terms. You you, you have
2: to look at it like this. You should never be using terms that are only detailing terms. You should be using words that these people understand. Nobody gives a rip about what you say on Facebook group. You now have a person in front of you that's never detailed a car like you've detailed a car. And most of the frustration we see on Facebook groups are because people can't communicate to somebody that doesn't know anything about detailing. So the reason that everyone has to lower their price is because they can't talk to somebody and make them understand why the price is the price. That's the number one reason people get lower hourly. Wages, as employees, it's the number one reason uh, you and I talk about it when you ask somebody, hey, tell me the three things you do to bring value to an organization. Vast majority of people can't answer that question, right? And you should be able to.
1: Most people want to justify their price based on their qualifications. Yep. Yeah. But I've been doing this for X amount or you're paying for my knowledge. Have you seen that quote that goes around and it's, you know, somebody asks, you know, how much for this? And you go, well, I mean, it takes about 15 minutes. It costs this amount. They go, well, that's way too much for that 15 minutes. Well, you're not paying for my 15 minutes. You're paying for the 20 years it took to get to this 15 minutes. So, yeah.
2: And I I never have to say that. And I don't think you really have to say it to customers because you have a way of talking to customers at this point in your career. It's very polished, not to use a word from detailing. It's very upfront and it's very understandable. Okay. When I talk to somebody about doing a one-step polish on a car, I'll make it very basic. Hey, you know, just to wash your car and get it prepped. Okay. And in the preparation process to allow us to do polishing, we may spend an hour and a half, two hours, just getting your car ready. Okay. There's all these things and I don't want to bore you, but there's all these different, uh, physical or what we call mechanical and chemicals we have to use to get your paint ready. And now all of a sudden you see, I'm not really talking about fuego and clay bar. And I'm not using those terms because what does that mean to anybody? I'm just trying to get them to understand the time frame. This is what it actually takes to do it properly. We have a tried and true process that allows us to get this car ready for prep. And then we got to bring it in here and then we have to assess it, and we have to see exactly what we're going to do. And then when we assess it, there's another 30 minutes. We're going to attempt to find the best solution for you using a polisher. Okay, a polisher is this heavy machine, and sometimes I'll show it to them. It's this heavy machine that you put a pad on, and let me tell you something, in the wrong hands can cause a lot of damage to your car's paint. So, You don't want somebody that doesn't know what they're doing with one of these things. Now look at that big machine, Marina. Go, yeah, (laughs) yeah. They don't, (laughs) they don't know that we got a DA that you can't really burn a bunch of paint. Really, you know, they don't know that. But I'm putting into perspective that this isn't quick. This isn't a ten minute, you know, oil change. I'm giving them the basic walkthrough on a surface level of what we're going to do. But I'm not going to sit there and say. You know, we're going to do paint correction with this kind of polish and this kind of pad. And, you know, we're going to run our machine at four and a half and I'm not going to do all that, but I'm going to give them enough information that they understand that this takes a lot of skill. This takes a lot of expertise and they put together. It takes a lot of that. I don't have to hang shit on the wall or, you know, that doesn't, if it doesn't impress you at the doctor's office, it's not going to impress you in my shop. And how many people go, hey, doc, where'd you graduate from? I mean, that's just not what people do. So again, that's that's what I don't understand about it. But if you're good at delivering it, you can provide value. And then at the end, they go, well, this sounds like it's pretty extensive. Yeah, man, it's 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 about 10 hours worth of work. And that's, that's exactly why I'm charging $1,200. You know, it, it's extensive work on your car. Oh, yeah, man, it sounds like it. I get that like nine times a day. So do you. Man, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, because I make it sound like a lot of work because it is. But I didn't tell them about my qualifications. I didn't tell them I've been doing it for 24 years. I didn't tell them about this one training I went to one time. I just found a way to make it make sense to them. And the number one reason people don't buy is it doesn't make sense to them. If I make it make sense, then I'm going to have a higher batting average than anybody in the area. Make the shit make sense.
1: And and the best way to make it make sense, and there's where I think you tie it all together, is because we know that as detailers, we're not always the best at sales. We don't always love to to just have this old call, you know, like hard press sales moment. Yep. We actually find it's much easier to do a, you know, a, a forward type sales process where we're getting to the customer's needs and we're meeting that need. And the best way to do that would be to start back with your marketing So we all love to market on social. Instead of some ways that you traditionally marketed, what if you start telling people about your values, how you can save them time, ways that they can have a clean car as they ride around, ways that when you get to that sales point, you already know that that customer's probably already there because he's seen something that you put out And so you could start asking that question, you know, hey, would saving time and have a clean, fresh car be something that you think is valuable in your life? And if you've already put out that marketing and that customer's already there, he's most likely concerned about that. And then the price doesn't really matter at that point in time. You're always just then pressing backwards to, yeah, this is the value that it brings to you. Right. So that would be a great way for people that are a little bit, uh, you know, uh, a little bit so much on sales. Just start bringing it into the marketing and see how it can all work out. So, oh, cool. Value. Yeah. Who would have known? Who would have known value <laughs> could take so many twists and so many turns? Cool. Yeah. So what happens when you drink a cold beer on a nice hot day outside?
2: Yeah. Oh, is it hot? I didn't know. I, I think
1: it is hot. <laughs> I don't, let me hold on. I'll
0: be right back. Uh, yeah. Let me check. <laughs> Nick, thanks, man. Have a great day. All right, brother. See you. See you. Hey, this is Marshall. What a fun discussion. Thanks for having a beer with me. And, uh, you know, hey,
1: go to the HyperClean Specialist Group. What you will find is people talking about things like Nick and I just chatted around about. You're going to find a place for you
0: to interact and enjoy your car life experience. Hey, this is Marshall. Whatever you do, make it a great day.